Welcome. This is Philippe Albuquerque. I'm the editor-in-chief of the JNIS, and I'm delighted today to welcome Dave Fiorella, who will be discussing his current manuscript entitled Safety and Effectiveness of the Woven Endobridge System for the Treatment of Wide-Necked Bifurcation Aneurysms, Final Five-Year Results of the Pivotal Web Intrasacular Therapy Study. This Editor-in-Chief podcast is supported by Rapid Medical. Rapid Medical pioneers the only responsive neurovascular devices for greater control of procedural success. Now, with best-in-class deliverability, the Tiger Retriever 17 Adjustable Clot Retriever provides the lowest delivery forces across 3mm devices. Combined with the unique ability to reduce the device during retrieval, why choose between safety and efficacy when you can achieve both? Tough on clot? Not on the vessel? Email or contact your local Rapid Medical representative to learn more. Dave, I want to thank you not only for your contribution with this manuscript, but for all of your uh, incredible work as a deputy editor for the JNIS. We're excited to discuss this manuscript today, which will appear in the December 2023 uh, print issue of the JNIS. And this is important work. So welcome, Dave, and thanks for taking your time today. Thank you, uh, Philippe, and thanks to the JNIS for the opportunity to talk a little bit more about this, uh, this really important study for our field. So the U.S. Webbit trial was a prospective multi-center uh, single-arm interventional study that was conducted at 21 sites in the United States and uh, also six international centers. Uh, we were able to enroll 150 patients with wide-neck bifurcation aneurysms involving the anterior and posterior circulations in the trial. Uh, the first subject was enrolled in 2014. Uh, the completion of one-year follow-up in the last enrolled subject occurred in 2017. And then in 2022, we completed five-year follow-up of the entire cohort, making this the largest prospective cohort of uh, intrasacular device treatment of wide-neck bifurcation aneurysms uh, that, that currently exists. These patients were followed clinically at 30 days, six months, one years, and then annually up to five years, and they had imaging follow-up at six months, one year, and also additional follow-up as per standard of care at three and five years at the institutions. As uh, you'll recall in the original manuscript, we were treating aneurysms that were located in the basal or apex MCA bifurcation, the carotid terminus, and the anterior communicating artery. Most of these were unruptured aneurysms, uh, about 90% were unruptured and uh, only 6% were ruptured. And the average aneurysm diameter was about six and a half millimeters. Uh, the original one-year data demonstrated a really remarkable safety profile for the device. Out of 147 on-protocol patients who were actually treated with a web device, there was only one primary safety endpoint, and that was a ipsilateral parenchymal hemorrhage that occurred a few weeks after implantation of the device. So that was only a 0.68% rate of primary endpoint occurrence uh, in these patients. That uh, event, again, occurred within the first 30 days. There were no events in any of the patients between 31 and 365 days, so no primary safety events in these patients after 30 days. So really a very remarkable safety profile for the device, and that was something that we observed in our long-term follow-up as well. 
our effectiveness result uh, was angiographic occlusion of the aneurysm, and aneurysms were occluded at a rate of 85% adequately occluded. So that's either complete occlusion or a small neck remnant. So an 85% rate of adequate occlusion in these aneurysms. So the five-year WebIT study really allowed us to look at these results and assess the safety of the device as well as the, as the effectiveness of the device over a long period of time. So this is over five years, which is really uh, amongst the longest follow-up epochs that we have for any of the devices that we use to treat aneurysms. Uh, so when we looked at the safety events, there were no device or index procedure-related deaths or major stroke events after one year. There were no device or index procedure-related adverse events after one year and no index aneurysm treated with the web device ever ruptured during follow-up. Uh, the all-cause mortality in this uh, cohort of 150 patients was 4.7, but all of that mortality was not related to the index procedure or treatment of the index aneurysm. However, there were uh, issues related to retreatment that I'll talk about a little bit. And in fact, uh, one of these deaths was related to a retreatment of the aneurysm that was uh, originally treated the other deaths were completely unrelated, things like respiratory failure, cancer, myocardial infarction, um, that type of thing. When we looked at the effectiveness results over time, this was also impressive in that the rates of adequate occlusion were very, very stable. So adequate occlusion at one year using the last outcome carried forward method was 87%. If we just looked at patients who had five-year imaging, that result was up to 96%. So when we actually had a picture of these patients, at five years, the adequate occlusion rate actually increased quite substantially from uh, in the mid 80s up to 96%. Uh, if we consider retreatment as failure, regardless of the reason, the adequate occlusion rate uh, can be considered to be about 80% in this cohort of patients. So really excellent, durable, long-term results in these patients. When we looked at the occlusion status shift data, so we take their occlusion rates at one year and see what happened to those over time, occlusion rates were stable or improved in three quarters of the patients. There was worsening occlusion and or retreatment that occurred in 19% in of the patients. But I'll talk a little bit about that because the patients who were selected for retreatment, it turned out that all patients who were adequately occluded at one year remained adequately occluded at five years. So if you had a good result at one year, that result remained very good at five years. And these five-year occlusion rates are consistent with the other European prospective web trials that have been performed. Yeah, Dave, I, I think one of the, the, the critical aspects in this manuscript that you've uh, alluded to is the retreatment rate. And it was um, a little surprising, I think, that some of these aneurysms that retreated actually were stable on follow-up or had adequate occlusion. Um, the couple of things I'd like to discuss or have you discuss basically is that you know, why were these particular aneurysms retreated? And the second thing is the current grading of the efficacy of the web device in terms of adequate occlusion and complete occlusion. Um, obviously, this is a different objective paradigm that we're using now to assess these web cases, which is different from the, uh, obviously, from the Raymond score. So uh, one of the issues I've, I've had with these types of follow-up uh, investigations is, are we, are we moving the goalposts here a bit in terms of our occlusion status rating? 
if you could, you know, take on those two points, that would be great. Yeah, those are all great questions. So, um, yeah, in the in the Webbit cohort, the retreatment rate over five years was fifteen point five percent. But interestingly, when we looked at the aneurysms that were retreated, eighteen of the uh, twenty three patients who were retreated, when we look at those patients, eleven were adequately occluded at one year, and uh, fifteen were retreated in the absence of any deterioration in occlusion grade. So. The uh, retreatments were being done very aggressively of these aneurysms. And in fact, when we looked at the occlusion grades of the aneurysms when they were retreated, um, 13 of 23 uh, had very good occlusion rates at the time of treatment. So one was a, a WA scale A or B, which is uh, a core lab rating of complete occlusion or just a marker recess. And this is a patient with a small marker recess where a coil was placed uh, into that recess. And then there were uh, 12 that were graded by the core lab as being nearly complete occluded, completely occluded. And, and these were also stable, but were still retreated by the operators. And so um, this is something that is really important because uh, in the U.S. Webbit trial itself, uh, when we looked at the 30-day outcomes, there was a 0% mortality and a 0.7 uh, major stroke rate. So only one out of 147 patients had any kind of event during the treatment of the index aneurysm when it was originally treated with a web. However, when you look at retreatment, the numbers are nowhere near as good. So when, when operators went in to retreat these aneurysms, there was a 4.3% rate of mortality and a 4.3% rate of major stroke. So the retreatment of these aneurysms turned out to be much more uh, dangerous than the actual original treatment of the aneurysm itself. And so uh, if we color this in a little bit more, it's important to note that no patient in any of the prospective web trials, and now there are quite a few of these, has ever experienced rupture or re-rupture of the target aneurysm after treatment. So it would appear that the near adequate occlusion of these aneurysms, so either complete or near complete occlusion of the aneurysm by the WA scale, does indicate very durable protection of these aneurysms because now we have quite a few patients who have been included in these prospective trials uh, that have uh, not experienced rupture from their aneurysm after treatment. And so to date, there have been seven core lab adjudicated externally monitored trials of Webb. These have included uh, 600 total patients. And if we look at all of the follow-up, that's 1,464 patient years, whereby there's been no bleeding or re-bleeding of an aneurysm that was originally treated with Webb. If we just look at the ruptured aneurysms treated with Webb, we have 574 patient years of follow-up with no re-rupture of a previously ruptured aneurysm treated with Webb. And so this is something I'd really like to emphasize uh, in the trial and in what we've learned from the trial uh, when using these intrasacular devices. It would appear that the complete or adequate occlusion that we're getting in, in, in the vast majority of these cases is not only angiographically durable, but imparts a very good protection of these aneurysms because, again, no patient followed prospectively in any of these trials, whether they had a ruptured or unruptured aneurysm, ever went on to rupture after treatment of their index aneurysm to date. Uh, where we have gotten into trouble is by aggressively retreating these aneurysms, which has been associated with a not insignificant rate of both morbidity and mortality in the retreatment. This really underscores a, a few things. The uh, adequate occlusion imparted by the web appears to give you very good durable protection of the aneurysm from rupture. And in addition, the occlusion grades that we're, that we're citing 
that adequate occlusion using the web occlusion scale seems to be a pretty good way to assess uh, protection of the aneurysm after treatment with the web device. So Dave, do you think it's fair to say then for even both ruptured and unruptured aneurysms, if you have at least adequate occlusion after treatment with the web device, that you should bear off doing any further treatment? And if so, what kind of follow-up would you recommend on patients like that? Yeah, I think that's that's an excellent point. And that's really one of the take-home messages, I think, from the five-year prospective data considered in the context of all the other prospective randomized studies of web that we have. A complete or adequate occlusion with the web device does appear to be very protective. And I would encourage people to hold off on retreating small, stable neck remnants after treatment with the web. Uh, what we did see in the web data is that there was no patient who had adequate occlusion at one year that had deterioration in their angiographic appearance at either three or five years. Uh, the rule was that the occlusion rates actually improved. The patients you have to worry about and the patients you have to consider for retreatment are patients who are not adequately occluded. So patients have, who have residual filling of the aneurysm. And those patients are patients who you may consider retreatment with. In terms of long-term follow-up, uh, clearly angiographic imaging is the best follow-up you can have with these patients. However, if there is just a small neck remnant that you're following, I think CTA or MRA are perfectly adequate ways to follow small neck remnants, knowing that what we've seen from the data are very reassuring and that if you're adequately occluded at one year, the, ri the risk that you're going to have any type of significant recanalization after that point appears to be really minimal. So surveillance with uh, cross-sectional imaging should be adequate for these people. Okay. While we're talking about follow-up, I, I think one of the challenges that you mentioned here in the discussion and limitation of the manuscript is that all, you know, there, there was a, a significant percentage of patients that did not undergo radiographic uh, follow-up in this study. You attributed some of that to problems, obviously, with the COVID pandemic, but Maybe you can um, elaborate a little bit on that. And you know, one of the one of the uh, challenges that you faced as as a PI in managing a, a trial that was based in twenty one international and, and U.S. centers. It, it has to be challenging, I think, to accrue follow up in that patient population. Retention of patients and studies is something that is uh, incredibly challenging. Uh, regardless of what the studies uh, are. And, uh, you know, we've experienced that in our field in all the stroke studies, aneurysm studies, and, and, and even much more prevalent in the, in the subdural studies that we're doing, where these patients are extraordinarily difficult to retain within the studies and uh, within the treating institutions. In the U.S. Webbit study, our clinical follow-up was actually quite robust. And in fact, 123 of 147 patients who were enrolled had five-year clinical follow-up. And so we can feel very comfortable with the uh, rupture, re-rupture data that we have from this uh, because we have such good follow-up in these patients clinically. Uh, as far as imaging goes, only 83 of the 147 patients had imaging follow-up at five years. However, this is not different from the other longitudinal long-term follow-up studies that we've done in our field. And really, the only comparable study, I think, is probably PUFFS. And the rate of long-term imaging follow-up at five years in the PUFFS cohort on a percentile basis is not really different than what we were reporting here in the U.S. Webbit trial, um, where approximately just a little bit over half of the patients have five-year follow-up imaging. 
So uh, while it is somewhat disappointing that we don't have 100% imaging in all patients uh, going forward, if we look at the practical nature of following patients out to five years and giving, getting imaging on patients who, uh, in the, for the most part, had uh, very well-treated, adequately or completely occluded aneurysms, this is definitely something that is challenging and remains challenging going forward. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Um, Dave, if you could talk a little bit about what you think are the optimal types of aneurysms that should be treated here. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, obviously unruptured and ruptured aneurysms, but specifically uh, their locations within the circle of Willis. When would you go to the web device as your primary treatment, even if the patient is ruptured? So uh, there was a study called Clarice that was performed in France that was a, a prospective yeah. trial looking at just ruptured aneurysms. Because one of the questions clearly that we had, because in many of these other trials, the, uh, the number of ruptured patients was quite small. Uh, for the US Webbit trial, the devices were being uh, provided uh, by the sponsor who would fly in for the cases. And so clearly that represents a challenge in terms of organizing um, treatment of ruptured aneurysms, which have to occur on, a, on, a, on an emergent basis. And so uh, this Clarice study was a, was a one-year study looking at 60 patients just with ruptured aneurysms. And in those patients who were treated, there were no re-ruptures of any of the uh, 60 treated aneurysms within the first 30 days. And there were no ruptures recorded out to one year in that study. And so we have very good data from Clarice that would suggest that for ruptured aneurysms, the web procedure is protective. The indication for use of web uh, only covers those four locations that we talked about. So the MCA bifurcation, the ACOM bifurcation, the carotid terminus, and the basal or apex bifurcation. However, due to the extraordinarily compelling safety data from the US Webbit trial, uh, many operators, including myself, have expanded to use this to treat wide neck bifurcation aneurysms at all locations. Uh, with this device if they're amenable to treatment with web, meaning they have an appropriate size and configuration. And so I think because the safety data are so compelling, the effectiveness data suggests durable protection from rupture, that really the, these intrasacular devices have expanded and, and can be used in, in, in many different locations for aneurysm treatment. Well, thank you, Dave, for that that update on this very important manuscript, which, again, as I mentioned, is going to appear in the December 2023 print issue of the JNIS. The manuscript is entitled Safety and Effectiveness of the Woven Endobridge System for the Treatment of Wide-Necked Bifurcation Aneurysms, Final Five-Year Results of the Pivotal web intrasacular therapy study. The manuscript obviously is currently available on the JNIS website. And thank you again, Dave, for giving us this uh, update and this discussion on an important device and an important technique in our field. Great. Thank you so much for having me.